0: Hello and welcome back to TELS. Hi, Andrew Nimi.
1: Do you want to test the volume here or are we good?
0: Test, crank it all the way up. That's probably bad. Whoops, now it's stuck. Okay, I think this is good.
1: Okay, I'll trust you.
0: Welcome to Tells.
1: Hi, good to be here.
0: Have you recovered from your... Banger of a party, yeah.
1: I in think the so. Elvis
0: suite of the West Gate.
1: Think it took me about twenty-eight hours or so to recover, but yeah, I've recovered.
0: Tell us a little bit about your wrap-up party.
1: Uh, okay, it was a good time. There was a lot of people in a huge suite at the West Gate. <laughs> <laughs> That's the gist of it. There was a lot of people there. How many people? Like somewhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred people
0: did you meet everybody
1: I tried to it's a it's sort of like this thing uh, is new experience for me hosting a party of that many people that's my first time ever doing that first of all I was uh chatting with my brother who's in town about this last night but it's a n- new experience trying to place um people you know there's a lot of people that have They'll they'll come up to me and they'll say, hi, I like the videos or whatever. Right. Uh, And maybe we'll chat for like 30 seconds or something. There's a lot of those people and it's tough to like instantly remember who they are and where I've chatted with them before. So (laughs) it's tough to say like, it's tough to know whether to say, hey, nice to meet you or nice to see you.
0: Well, yeah, that's just the easy part is just say nice to see you.
1: That's what you should say.
0: Because then, whether I've met you or not before, then nice to see you. I said that to Brad, and I met him for the first time, I said nice to see you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to... It probably sounds really douchey of me, but... Did uh, you say
0: what? Nice to see you?
1: No, like this, that I don't remember every all these people that come up and say hi or whatever.
0: Most people don't remember your name after you've said it to them in two seconds. So I doubt anybody's going to feel bad that you don't remember...
1: I hope not. I hope you're right.
0: You've met them.
1: But... Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so yeah, first time really doing something of this size, you know. I mean, the meetup games are cool. That's a lot of people too. But uh different environment, you know, no poker table this time. So
0: So which do you prefer, the party or the meetup game?
1: Mm, I don't know. I think they're both pretty cool. It's cool to like switch it up and do something different. That was kind of the idea to get away from the poker table and just hang out. The the suite kind of like speaks for itself, you know, so it's uh, it's cool that people got to experience that.
0: Yeah, I've I- never been in anything like this. It's what, 10,000 square feet, probably I think it's like
1: 15,000.
0: Every bedroom has dual sinks, dual baths, dual showers, mm-hmm. sitting areas, reading <laughs> areas. It was pretty insane. I mean, obviously, the decor is not my taste per se, since it's, you know,
1: very, very gaudy, a
0: little gaudy, um, a
1: lot, they were, for some reason, they were telling people this was where Elvis lived and this was, that's not, that's
0: not true. (laughs) People asked me on my Instagram if that was Elvis (laughs) and I said, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I was so confused because they were telling so many people that, that by the end, I was just like, yeah, I guess that's true, (laughs) but that was a different suite.
0: Oh, so you've been in the Elvis Suite? Yeah. But this not... one was
1: better, though, because at least for this purpose, because it had the, this big front room where we could kind of hang out in the main space, main front room, bigger bar. Yeah.
0: Okay. I think you should throw more parties mm-hmm. so that you can...
1: Practice?
0: Yeah. Practice, not over-partying.
1: Yeah. Which brings me to another topic, this this drinking thing at these events, both the uh, the meetup games and this party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot. And, uh, it's tough though, because like I was, I've been, I was thinking about this over the past day or whatever, uh, in my f- hazy brain. So like when I was working in the music industry, started in London. And so we would go to like a lot of gigs, right? A lot of shows for part of the, part of the job to go see the bands that we were working on. I was It was a music promotion company. So you go to a lot of shows for free and, uh, Inevitably both like due to the job and the London drinking culture There was lots of beers that were had at the job. Don't
0: blame the culture. You have to blame yourself. Yeah. Okay. Anyway
1: Well, it was also part of the just the job, you know People go to shows they have a beer or whatever Okay, multiple beers. There was one day where I went to work so hungover that I just I couldn't work that day and like my boss (laughs) I basically told him, I, I think I'm useless today. He was like, yeah, man, just call it a day, go home, take one off. And it was like totally normal. And like he did the same thing a different day where he had gone out to a show with an open bar and the next day he was just wrecked, came in to work for like an hour and was like, this isn't going to work. So fast forward to uh working in Los Angeles music industry, I was working at the William Morris Agency for very brief stint and this is like proper agency right it's called william morris endeavor now i think but if you get if you google that you can find it's not just you know some small company this is like one of the premier agencies and at the orientation week the first week of um, the job you know i'm telling you all the usual things but i remember for like 10 minutes or something there was discussion about going out Because you're going to be going to shows again, you know, same thing, the bands that you're working on, and you're going to be having drinks at the show. And then you're going to have to come to work the next day. So you're going to want to eat some food that night, eat some pizza or something before you go to bed. There was like instructions on trying to fight off that hangover um, that is going to be semi-inevitable from the job, which is kind of crazy that this was like proper... Orientation and this is like how they're explaining how the job is going to work and things you're going to have to deal with. So, this is the long story point but,
0: of the story.
1: Long story, but I'm sort of viewing like the drinks that go along with the mugs and this party and stuff. Part of it, a lot of it is obviously my fault because I've always sort of been into like the bar culture and stuff, but sort of like viewing these nights of drinking as like part of the job and then like that hangover the next day is just part of the. Part of the deal, even though it's like definitely not healthy and uh, I'm getting a little bit too old for it, for sure. But just to give some context of, I think, sort of uh, something I've never really like talked with you about is like, I think I'm viewing it as part of like the job and part of the whole setting up this uh, meetup game thing and making it a fun night for people and yeah, all that stuff.
0: Okay, nobody asked me how I enjoyed the party. I actually (laughs) went to the party. I met so many wonderful people. I went downstairs to get Christopher, I think. And Mm -hmm. on the way back up, I met Jeff in the elevator. Christopher
1: is my older brother who's in town.
0: And Jeff told me, Jeff is from LA, I think. And he told me how much he loved the recommendations on the website. You know, all the bars and restaurants.
1: On andrewnimi.com
0: so many fun people and people saying they listen to the podcast and love the podcast that yeah. made my night but there were so many great people right everyone was really friendly and there was one guy who drove from Arizona and drove back the same night oh yeah because he just wanted to come and say hello and yeah. he had like school or something but he was like i wasn't going to miss it so i just drove in and yeah. And drove back to Arizona. So it was nice to meet everybody, even yeah. though Andrew didn't ask me how I enjoyed the party. <laughs> I
1: was going to get there.
0: Uh, but yeah, let's go back to your conversation or your...
1: My long story?
0: Yeah, that it's part of the job. You see, I disagree because I, I had a ton of fun at the party. Mm-hmm. And I was exhausted from talking more than I was from drinking, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think I had three cocktails, which is above my average of two cocktails or whatever. Then I'm like, woo. Yeah. But I had plenty of fun. So for me, I don't understand. And I've never worked in an industry where drinking was part of the job. Like yeah, every job I've had, drinking is a hindrance to the job. But sure. we've spoken about this before, you know, like, How people drink on work trips, you Mm. know, grease the wheels or whatever. But I was even reading articles about how binge drinking on work trips is like a cultural thing now. Yeah. Uh, More common among men than women. Mm -hmm. But I think of the long term effects. I think of losing brain capacity. I think of all the things that can go wrong when you're drunk and you don't. Like you don't have all your faculties, Yeah. you know, like you can get in, you could slip and fall sober, but every all the risks are increased, I feel, when you are that inebriated. <laughs> right. Yeah. So maybe you would you might have to expend a lot more energy to stay energetic and chatty because it's not your nature.
1: Yeah, it's not like I find it pretty easy because all the conversations were pretty short at the party, you know, because everyone's pretty respectful of the fact that there's a lot of people there that are wanting to say hi or whatever. So I don't think I had any problem with that. I just have a problem saying no to people like uh, there was some people there from Houston and they you know bought me a shot from the bar. The shot turned out to be like a triple shot of like straight whiskey uh, on ice. (laughs) it's like what is this like
0: so then you just put it down i
1: did i didn't finish it
0: and say thank you
1: yeah but like i just have problems saying no and being like a downer you know if like someone wants to buy you a drink you know it's like no it's it's just not fun you know i don't want to make them feel bad also
0: i learned this from my friend actually my girlfriend I had a really tough time, not saying no to drinks, but just saying no to going out to things that I really didn't want to go to. Uh And my girlfriend taught me that nobody really cares. Really? Nobody cares that much about your response. So they would rather you tell them the truth than make up a story. Hmm. Just speak your truth. Like if you've had enough to drink, everybody knows that feeling of of having... Had too much. I guess so. So I don't know anybody who would feel badly that you decline the drink because you've already had the amount that your body can handle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, drinking has for sure been like the biggest uh, deterrent of success, I think, for me over the years. But I have gotten pretty good, or really good, I think, at like not doing anything very dumb uh, while drinking. Like it used to end up at the blackjack table or whatever. So that doesn't happen anymore. Don't play poker when I'm drunk anymore. (laughs) So that's good.
0: (laughs) So what, just another 20 years of this and then we won't be binge drinking as much? One can hope. Oh my goodness. All I have to say, I guess, is like for me is staying in my lane, minding my own business because... A, I tried to talk to you when you were drunk, and that's not rational. Like, so that doesn't help anybody. And then the next day you feel so badly that I feel bad for you for feeling bad. But
1: you don't need to feel bad for me.
0: No, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm just not going to feel bad and I'm not getting you any drinks or any food so oh, you yeah, can suffer food, the full extent of your actions.
1: Well, luckily we have Postmates now.
0: Not if I block your card.
1: <laughs> Delete my app while I'm sleeping.
0: <laughs> no, that, you can just reinstall that. I'm just going uh, to say you're to
1: figure out what the problem is.
0: Yeah, I'm going to just say that your card was stolen or something, so you can't actually use it. Okay. Um, let's move on to another topic.
1: Some exciting things happening today, this week in Poker World. Main event? Mm-hmm.
0: What is it? I saw that they were down to the final 11 last night, I think when I...
1: Final did... table. Final nine now.
0: Final nine.
1: Which might have happened by the time people are listening to this. Not positive, though.
0: What do you mean? Like, finished?
1: I think it's today. Like, the... there's no break, I don't think.
0: Yes, I was talking to somebody at the party about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize that we would stop to the, you know, November nine. I think that was last year as well, right? Yeah, they didn't they have it last straight The amount of stamina that is required to play poker for for how many days? 14 days?
1: Yeah, it's not just poker, though. Like, cash games could maybe do it if need be. But, I mean, people are going to do this, too, with the adrenaline. must be flowing, for sure. But, like, with every single hand being so important, it's, like, just unbelievably draining, I would imagine. I wouldn't know.
0: I don't know. I suppose we have to talk to somebody who's gone really deep in the main event. Yeah. See what day five, six, get, seven feels like.
1: we Scott ten. Blumstein on the show, I think.
0: Yeah. All right, let's Fellow, do it.
1: Fellow uh, Michigander Joe Cata is in the final nine. Another oh, my goodness. Another table main event appearance.
0: That was a guy many, many years ago, right? And he was like 20, isn't it?
1: 21, yep.
0: He was 21 yep. when he won the final. I remember that. Yep. How many years ago was that?
1: We should know these things, but I don't.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Mm. Winner in two thousand and nine. I think that was mm. the very first World Series of Poker I watched.
1: I can't believe it was that long ago. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's when I met you. Almost yeah. like that's when we started hanging out.
1: Pretty new to Vegas still.
0: Yeah, I remember him winning the tournament. I yeah. was like, "Poker is so cool. Young kids becoming millionaires.
1: <laughs> Young Michigander. So that's
0: very cool." I mean, yep. that's pretty rich to m- make another final table, right? Yeah. After...
1: Yep. In the modern era when there's, you know, 7,000 people in the tournament, for sure.
0: So you're rooting for the Michigander?
1: Yeah, it'd be cool. I don't really... The thing is, I haven't been following it down to, like, you know, this the final table. There was uh, Kelly Minkin. She was in, like, the final 50 or so. Or she, around. She busted around that number. <laughs> that was really cool. We've... We would love to have some female presence on the final table but not this year again unfortunately so i lost a little bit of interest
0: yeah we were talking about that uh, about one of the reasons potential reasons that that deter women from playing poker do you remember what it was on sunday after after we went to the rio mm. i can't remember
1: But it leads me to another topic, sort of, related to that. Mm. Uh, Phil Helmuth, won his 15th bracelet last night. He did? Yeah. 5K event, uh, 30-minute level, semi-turbo event. His
0: 15th event? 15th bracelet? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Will he be able to walk through any door ever again? What do you mean? Head's going to get really, really, really big. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't believe you missed that. <laughs> I was like, because
1: he's wearing so many bracelets.
0: <laughs> no, I was, I
1: was thinking like TSA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I mean how now I he, got it. you know, yeah, he's going it. to be like, oh, I am the real. That's McCoy. that's
1: kind of what I was gonna get to, because he had this you know drama happening just maybe last week or so where. Did we talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so. No, Where? we
0: talked about it on Sunday.
1: Yeah, we just talked about it. Right. So he got into like three... We don't have to get into all the details, but he was in a three-way pot, and he was becoming agitated Phil, as he's known to do, and started talking about basically giving away the strength of his hand uh, when he was facing a shove in one, from one of the opponents in the three-way hand. Before it was even his turn, you know, it's like just something that is a very obvious rule that you can't do, you can't break. And pretty much everybody would be given at least a warning, but probably a penalty for doing what he did. And uh, he gets nothing, you know, no uh, no penalty of any kind. And there's this discussion about, you know, him getting away with things because he's Phil, he's either it's because he's got the most bracelets or because he's good for TV, you know, they don't want to give him a penalty and not have him be around and on the feature table and on television and stuff i don't know i was talking with brad about this on our live stream before the party and it seems to me that like i kind of view it as the world series of poker just not having any sort of creativity when it comes to their their marketing for this thing anymore Mm -hmm. you know it's like we're gonna let phil do his poker brat thing and it's good for tv it's the best thing that we that we have going for us one of the best things I just think it's just so ridiculous, you know, it's like, I feel like we've already, I feel like they've already captured the audience, the potential audience that he's, that Phil's doing his thing for, you know?
0: Yeah. And I guess it's because the poker, there's no age limit to stop playing poker. Because if you was a 36 year old basketball player, I'd ask, so what happens when he retires? Right. Then what do you mm. do? But because you can play poker till you're 90. Mm-hmm. Is he going to just keep at the antics for another 40 years?
1: I think as long as, he's not getting years? These, as long as he's not getting these penalties, these warnings and stuff, there's no reason for him to stop because he's made so much money off of this persona, this poker brat thing. He's named his book The Poker Brat. His clothing line is Poker Brat Clothing. It's an entire like million dollar brand, right? So as long as he's not getting punished in any way, why would he ever stop doing that? We've talked about the demographics of my YouTube channel. You can see how many, what percentage of the, the audience is male versus female. And it's just so ridiculously skewed male that it's like maybe we should try and do something more creative to reach out to that new audience, the, the female side of the audience, rather than letting this dude just have his ranting ways, uh, swearing up a storm or whatever all over the feature table.
0: Yes, that brings us back to the conversation about women being deterred from playing poker, especially live, because we were talking about one of your friends who, you know, always mentions what dumb things guys say to her at the poker table. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, why would you want to deal with that if you didn't have to, right? And a lot of people Mm -hmm. play poker recreationally. So if I'm a woman and I have to deal with like, guys talking shit at work and then for recreational purposes, too, at the poker table mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a very fun time, yep. right? Unless you're owning his soul, which is usually <laughs> why they're talking shit in the first place. Yeah. But I don't know if that, you know, making money and making him go broke makes you feel as good as being constantly harassed or spoken shit to just because you're a woman. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think maybe there should be different ways of...
1: That's not to say that Phil is just talking shit to women.
0: No, just that's... so we're clear here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying if we're going to try and attract a different audience for poker in general, I mean, even young people. I don't think young people will look at Phil Helmuth and be like, oh, I want to be like that guy, you know, because like <laughs> we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, you know, being a cool... Adventurous YouTubers probably more attractive to young people than sitting in a casino all day long. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean that they aren't kids that would be attracted to becoming poker players, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, so, what do you think is the strategy, Nimi? What would you do if you were the World Series of poker?
1: They just need to stop letting him uh, make them his bitch, you know?
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, there's that, but you know if that doesn't, you can't wait for that to happen until something else happens, so what do you think are some potential ways to attract different demographic
1: I think they just need to I think we need to just highlight the the other demographics
0: more like representation matters, yeah, I never really thought about that. You know, like representation, even in movies and movies and clothing brands. And I never thought about it because I grew up in South Africa and a majority of people are black in South Africa. So I saw myself in magazines or I saw people that looked like me in magazines and on TV. Um, I never realized how important it was. So yeah, so you better add some more ladies to the vlog. We're waiting.
1: I know, I'm trying. I've been trying to get Kim, Kim on the vlog. She's stalling though. She's, she's stalling, she's Did too she busy. Did you even
0: listen to this podcast? No. Yeah, so this is the wrong place I'm to reach I'm talking to you out. though, Kim. This is the wrong place to reach out to her.
1: It is, but she's too busy winning thousands of dollars. So,
0: so let's talk more about this representation. Yeah? A girlfriend of mine is having a to bring the listeners of the podcast up to speed here. Okay. <laughs> so, a girlfriend of mine is having a bachelorette party oh, in yeah. a couple of weeks, and I asked Andrew to ask if there was yeah. anybody, you know, with a potential hookup because these clubs <laughs> are expensive. Yes. Uh that weekend, I think cabanas are Twenty thousand (laughs) dollars.
1: Well, that's like for the you know the owner's cabana or whatever they call it. You know, there's all these different yeah, but the
0: cheapest one was like nine thousand dollars anyway.
1: There's all these different tiers, yeah, upper level, lower level, in the parking lot,
0: (laughs) (laughs) by the toilet, (laughs) in the
1: basement of the (laughs) kitchen.
0: (laughs) Okay, so first of all, I have never understood why anybody would pay ten thousand dollars for a table. I, re- I very much enjoy the tables. Sure. So if you want to invite me, I might come. <laughs> but I would never spend that amount of money. And as a here And you've worked in that industry where people spend millions of dollars to put on a show and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Why would people spend $10,000 for one day at a club?
1: <laughs> well, do you want it from the patrons' perspective or the club's perspective? patron
0: yeah from the club i mean it's just business right like the more expensive your tables are the more elite people are gonna think it is and <laughs> yeah. they that the more desperate they are to get in yeah um, well there's
1: so many people it's sort of the same story from both sides there's so many people that view las vegas as this sort of like destination you know the story is already told for for las vegas and uh the nightclubs or whatever the day clubs and all that stuff they are this massive piece of that puzzle you know that people come to experience in las vegas
0: so what's the story adult playground
1: yeah but it's like the reason why they spend so much is because they want to like have this life experience where we obviously take it for granted maybe rightly so but people are coming from all over the world you know and if someone is coming from whatever, France, you know, pick any random spot or, you know, like uh, Japan, you know, they're coming from Tokyo or something, to party in the Vegas nightclubs, then it's going to be worth more to them, you know, to have this like
0: $20,000 more. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, you, know, you of... chop
1: up the 20000 between like 12 people or something it comes down a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess $1,000 for um, one afternoon of a pool that you can barely get into because there's. Three thousand people in Mm -hmm. that pool
1: yeah plus like if people are gambling and you know they have a good win then that's a way for the casino property to capture that money right back
0: i think a i mean i think the whole marketing around it is pretty genius but the basic economics of it are stupid anyway
1: obviously yeah
0: I asked Andrew to see. I didn't realize the cabanas were going to be that much. I thought we could just get a discounted cabana. It's,
1: it seems like the there's just no discounts available, really.
0: No, I mean, it's a weekend, <laughs> first of all, right? Yeah. But the most amazing thing that came back was one of the messages read, uh, I don't know we can see what we can do. But do you happen to have a group photo? Do you have a, happen to have a photo, a group photo of the girls?
1: Yep. For the bachelor party that we're trying to plan.
0: My first reaction was, uh, "Wow." <laughs> first of all, I mean, it it, it took
1: me back, like, it, because I mean, like, I haven't been into the clubbing scene much lately, right? But uh, I'd
0: forgotten. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it snapped me back to the uh, those years that that was a thing that. You Whatever. know, this the whole process of it all.
0: It's, I, and yeah, my first reaction was wow. And exactly the same. I was transported back to being 24 and, you know, deciding what top I'm going to wear just so you can get into the club. Mm-hmm. How low is your self esteem <laughs> at that point to do stuff like that? Yeah. Where you getting dressed to go somewhere to be judged like cattle. Yeah. To get into a club, to buy over drinks.
1: Well, the thing is that like, girls can en- end up getting so many things uh, f- for free. They can. He could have like, we could sort out free entry, and then often the bouncers um, will bring girls into guys' booths. Right? Obviously,
0: yeah, I get that. So if we if out were all for free, if we're all cute enough, then he would just <laughs> pimp us out to some guy. But you know what I mean? So he's like, oh, yeah, we'll get them in for free. And if they're cute enough,
1: yeah.
0: I'll find the table and pimp these girls out Probably. to the table. Yeah. That is very disturbing. It is. How how are we still judging people on looks, but yeah. so shallow at, in 2018? See, that's the problem I have with the whole $20,000. Because now the guy who's paid $20,000 for... A booth thinks that women are an accessory to mm-hmm. this twenty thousand dollars. What if there was no woman? The clubs would not be able to charge twenty thousand dollars if no cute girls were going there. Yeah. So like girls should go to girls-only clubs <laughs> with
1: but there are lots of girls that go there and take advantage of all these free drinks, right?
0: Yeah, I know but I that's why I know that it's like it wouldn't exist if they weren't both willing parties. Yeah. Like if the girls weren't willing to wear the skimpiest bikini to go to this club and the guys weren't willing to pay premium. Mm hmm. To just go to a club so somebody can drink your drink, your yeah. Sky Vodka that costs
1: $1,300. So you can't have... I don't, really, uh, yeah. I don't know if you can have a girls-only girls, a girls only club or whatever you are. Why not? Well, I mean... Because
0: if we say we had a girls-only club, you pay a flat fee or you buy a cabana. Yeah. And you're just going there to party versus Maybe. going like there to... Like for bachelorette to, parties only? Right. And you don't have to... But bachelorette parties... Or whatever. For their... Definition are like your last hurrah. So, you probably want the most guys to be looking at you or whatever the case.
1: I think that dynamic has to be there for this to all work.
0: I know, but that's what I'm saying. One of the genders has to break it. <laughs> and I think oh, the girls would be, because that would take the whole fucking industry down. Because <laughs> guys are not going to stop trying to pay, you know, like if I have. No confidence then, but I have billions of dollars. then yeah, I, I mean, know my only... money just talks for me. My money makes me six foot tall,
1: right.
0: It's fine that it's in this um casino club environment, but it permeates throughout all of life, judging people by the way they look, yep, and I think it's caused us all the problems we have today, mm-hmm. because I'm going, oh, if Andrew's not. Doesn't look that cute. He's probably got nothing to say. And then you'd miss out on conversations and opportunities to grow.
1: Yeah. Little did you know, it was backwards. I I was cute, but I had nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) You have a lot to say when you want to. When I have to. No, don't. There's no such thing as have to.
1: Okay.
0: You have a lot to say when you want to.
1: Yeah, that's true. I guess
0: so. But anyway, I'd like to hear from the ladies who listen to the podcast. I mean, I'm not knocking the hustle, right?
1: You can't. I mean, it's just I blind demand.
0: W- right. It is always going It will always be. But. It's really disturbing because mm-hmm. especially when you're so young, your confidence is so fickle and being denied entrance to a club or not. You don't you do not usually get denied, but you get left in the line mm-hmm. waiting for three hours. Those things affect kids. And 21, you're still a kid.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't know. I'm not letting my kids go to the club. No, <laughs> no ways. Until they have self-confidence, they are not they're not going to the club. Until they're 30?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if this, like, continues how much longer it continues i sort of i sort of think the next model will be something a little bit more uh, t- like a tailored experience that you pay for rather than this sort of mass meat market thing that's been going on for a while but
0: but it's been going on for generations i guess so anyway that's rant over yep. shall we move on to something else
1: probably probably should
0: Nope, I think that's it. Oh, I did have one email. Do we have time or how much Quick. time? Somebody wrote in and said, uh, Boosie, so what do you think of the well-spoken comment uh, from the listener? So if somebody said I was well-spoken. Mm. You seem to take it as well-intended. Have you been told that in a way that that comes across as a sort of unconscious racism, <laughs> implying that black people aren't expected to speak well? Uh, what yep. are my thoughts it's
1: a, what it's a fair question
0: uh yes i I mean I didn't really think anything of it because if I spend my life looking for things to be offended by, yeah, I can get really offended and Andrew is a terrible Zulu speaker. If he spoke better Zulu, I would tell him that he was well-spoken in Zulu, but he's not. So (laughs) So what is that? I think it's just like, I didn't take it as, and even like he says, it's unconscious possibly, right? We've trained you so well that you can speak like us, (laughs) which, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure it comes from, from other people. It would be that way. And I think it is always our intention on how we say things and what we're trying to convey when we say things. Um, I think everyone's becoming a lot more conscious of the words that they use and touching black people's hair and stuff like that, which you shouldn't. (laughs) Don't ever touch a black woman's hair or even a black man. You're going to get into big trouble. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it.
1: Yeah. I learned that in early days. (laughs) But. Can I touch your hair?
0: No, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think for me, I try and list, look out for the intention more than like what somebody says. Um, I had the last couple of weeks ago, just chatting to friends. Like I, I admit, I'd never really spoken to this lady, but she said something about, I don't see color. Yeah. And I said to her, well, if you are saying that you don't see color, it means that. I'm invisible to you. I am a black woman and I'm very proud to be a black woman. So you don't have to try and make me feel comfortable by saying you don't see that I'm a black woman and you see mm. me as just a person. Best believe I see your whiteness. <laughs> I see all of it. You know what I mean? So um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I am I, grateful that uh, Papa Charlie brought that up and because it gave me something to think about. But, yeah, I didn't take it as ill meant mm-hmm. um I took it as hopefully somebody saying that I articulated my thoughts well, yeah, not so much that I speak English with a an accent, yeah, so yeah,
1: I think if you were a white chick speaking like this, it would someone would probably still say that you're well spoken a white chick, yeah. <laughs> Somebody I remember said in my in the comments in one of my videos that I was well spoken, but that's just because I can do edit. lots of takes and edit out <laughs> edit out all of my pausing and thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, which is most of it, right? It's uh, editing and <laughs> taking time to think about your thoughts and not being afraid. One more thing before we go, because the podcast is getting really long. I was chatting to another friend uh-huh. who said he doesn't usually want to start conversation with people. And I find him really interesting. And I learned so much from him. But I just told him that you can just read if somebody doesn't want to talk to you.
1: Why doesn't he want to?
0: Because he thinks people won't care Uh about what he has to say. But you really can't tell whether what you're saying is interesting if you don't practice saying it. Mm -hmm. So I guess I took it as I've had a lot of practice talking and poor Andrew has to deal with the most of it even though
1: well that's why i needed i needed you i needed to attach you so you can do these things
0: oh you talk plenty i don't think so (laughs) let
1: you do your thing in these social situations
0: yeah but thanks for inviting me to your party i had a great time and it was so Wonderful to meet any everybody. I'm looking forward to for wrap up party number two with less drinks and more people coming to Las Vegas or wherever it is.
1: There you go. Thanks for everyone who's listening, who came to the party and everyone else. Thanks for listening anyway.
0: Maybe we'll see you at next party. And I think that's all we have time for. Thanks for listening to TALS. Please remember to like the podcast, subscribe. I guess it's not really like, but no. it's subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Andrew, Yeah. your brother Christopher told me that you need to do a better job of promoting the podcast because he didn't know whether it was only available for iTunes. Yeah. So okay. next time you make a, a video, I yep. need to come in on the end. So we can show people how to get the podcast. Okay. All right.
1: Should we uh, take a photo here?
0: Yes. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Until next week. (laughs) Bye.